0: This is what is fundamental, that don't look at somebody's color. Look at what they're going through. Don't look at people's circumstances. Just try and be with them at that time. And that is priceless in my view
1: we are then hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the still parents podcast my name is dan kelly we are now on episode 37 which may if you are still listening to some of the earlier episodes be a little bit confusing because you're like hang on um after the end of the last series we switched up from series numbers and episodes just to straight up episodes because the last one of series five was series five episode six part two section three and it was just as i said last time it was it was too many numbers so yeah we've moved and and we didn't think we'd still be doing this podcast, let's be honest with you. And when we started it during lockdown, here we are, nearly two years on. So, so yeah, we're just going to do that. So this is episode 37. If you have um, a couple of spare minutes at some point, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating or it doesn't even have to be long, just a sentence review. The reason why we asked for these is it just helps us to be easier to discover. It pushes us up. The, the algorithms is the word everyone uses, isn't it? I don't know how it works. You've got to be a genius to work out how that works, i tell <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, that is the voice of Ryan Jackson from the Lily May Foundation who set up the Lily May Foundation with a wife, Amy, after, it was 10 years ago after the loss of 12. Lily May. Sorry, tw- well, the, the foundation was 10 yes, years ago. Yes, correct.
2: <laughs> correct. Because <laughs> we had our,
1: we had our t- you had your 10th anniversary evening, ra- wasn't yeah, it, yeah. Last, uh, last Friday? We did. So, yeah, um, evening Ryan, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Dan. Ryan's very happy today because Aston Villa have sacked Stephen Gerrard and two days after sacking Stephen Gerrard they played today and they won 4-0, so Ryan's happy. And you're happy as well because you've stuck
3: with your manager and um, you've also won 4-0. Yeah, obviously ours is better than your 4-0 victory because ours was (laughs) away. (laughs) Yeah, but we scored three goals in 12 minutes.
1: Well, we both scored four goals over 90 minutes.
2: We did, but we started... Look, look, can we start talking about goals and scoring? You know, my, my team... I'm not even going to get it there. Let's just move on. That other voice you can hear is
1: regular on the podcast as well. His Until name we is...
2: start winning, we're not talking about football.
1: Yeah, again. that is uh, okay. Matt Whitehouse. Yeah. Baggies fan. Lost yesterday. Away, <laughs> again. Uh, away at Millwall. Ma- managerless. Yeah. Rudderless. Yeah. <laughs> You're still arguing with stupid
2: Albion morons, as you uh, quoted yourself. I've turned into one of them, Dan, to be fair. <laughs> 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 we're headed- Heading for League One at the moment. He so, does that on a daily yeah. basis in the office. Absolutely yeah. correct. I do. I'd
1: do. i like to introduce our, our special guest joining us, um, not in the studio, but on, on Zoom or Google or whichever one it is that we're on tonight. Welcome along to
0: Mohammed Omar. Mohamed, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Thank you very much. Uh, let me just say that Ryan is the. A- Ryan and I share something very important. I have been a lifelong Aston Villa oh. support.
3: Ah. I forgot to
1: tell you that. Right uh,
3: when uh, yeah,
0: that's <laughs> it. Ryan, that's it. We've gelled now, so there's no issue. We, we don't have. have to worry about
1: it. <laughs> you, know, you know, when a team loses a manager, and sorry for anyone who's not listened before, it's not a sports podcast, but we might bring one out. <laughs> it's almost like they win the first game, just regardless. So why, why don't managers just do one game and are gone? Every manager, one game, and they're gone. Well, and also, then
2: that's, that's why I don't do football. with be it. Because like, your club would be bust. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, a good way of making money. As managers, proven they get sat Yeah.
1: Now, if you if you are listening to this for the first time, like I said, we've got all these other episodes that you can catch up on. They don't need to be listened to in any order. We finally started using microphones. I think it was a series three, episode two. So the the audio quality isn't the best on the earlier ones, but obviously it's not about that. It's it's the words that are being. Said, but you know, sometimes it could it could be a little bit distorted. We are going to revisit most of those at a future date. But Mohammed, where are you by the way? Whereabouts in the world are you joining us from?
0: I, I, I live in Ilford in Redbridge, uh, and I, I have been in that uh, area since January nineteen eighty nine. So it's wow. been a long, long, long time. So this is my area. This is my patch. Okay. And I have not decided to move away from here. <laughs> We're going to get into
1: it now. And we'll, we'll start just by getting you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. And then we'll uh, we'll bring in some questions from there and, and talk about some of the points that we'd like to discuss tonight. So, yeah, over to you, Mohammed.
0: Firstly, thank you very much for inviting me on this podcast. I think it's extremely important uh, what you are doing. Uh, it's really refreshing to see somebody treat this as a family unit and so that people can discuss these issues, which at times has been very a taboo issue, so things can be discussed openly. My name is Mohammed Omar. I am one of the board members of Gardens of Peace Muslim Cemetery, which is the largest dedicated Muslim cemetery in the country. I also happen to be a chair of the National Burial Council, which is an umbrella body for all Muslim organizations dealing with end of life, as well as burials. I'm also one of the directors and founded Muslim Bereavement Support Service, specifically was aimed at at women who lost a child. I'm also on the trustee of uh, Big Issue Invest, which I'm sure you all know Big Issue, so I'm part of that as well. Uh My own passion has always been is to support bereaved families, and this is exactly what my passion has always been, and this is why we decided to set up a cemetery so that we could help bereaved families as much as we possibly can this is a short introduction yeah.
2: uh, my first question is when do you sleep mohammed yeah i was um,
1: I, I was about to say there was well there's two things i was going to say uh, at the end of all that one is i now feel like the laziest person on, <laughs> the, on planet earth that's that's an amazing amount of things that you do and also i didn't introduce you properly because i believe you are mohammed omar mbe
0: his majesty the king was the person who who gave me my MBE uh, when he was still prince charles at windsor castle wow. and that was my MBE was basically for our contribution during the the covid uh, period okay. during the pandemic because our community the muslim community were adversely affected
1: we wanted to do an episode tonight where we can look at things from a completely different you know cultural perspective uh, we are three white men pretty much well from the same generation so we you know we want to while we're dealing with this pick apart any differences and also the similarities that we all experienced during time as grief and i think we're at a point where we we sat around we went hang on we we need to diversify and we would like to just carry on learning and also just have a look at how you know different communities approach these things Uh, so that's the reason that we initially wanted to try and speak to you and get you on Ryan and and Matt, uh, the other guys in the room, unfortunately, when we we set up this podcast to talk about male grief and baby loss, you know, from the the guy's perspective, they've lost their children. I I haven't lost a child myself, but these are friends of mine. And we think it's very important to be able to introduce the podcast and also lines of communication for friends who have got other friends who have lost somebody as a way of just building up the, the sort of conversations and how to approach it. Um, it's the same with you, I believe. You, you haven't lost a child yourself. I know you have had a loss in the family over the last couple of years. And if you don't mind just sort of opening up a little bit on that, and then what made you go on to do the things that you are doing within the community and how, how you sort of fell into it all?
0: Yeah, I, I fell into this world of bereavement, so or in the cemetery, uh, very, not accidentally, but it's so, I would like to say it's inherited. Right. My late father, I'm from Africa, I'm from Zambia, I was born in Zambia and raised there. So my father was oh, wow. the one of the, well, my father was one of the community members uh, who whenever there was a death in the community, he would be always be the first person to be called upon uh, to make sure they could bathe it, shroud it. So this is something which was in our family at that stage. Uh, and then I, uh, my father died in, 19, uh, in 1987 and uh, and and for and after that, I actually moved back to the UK uh, as being my permanent home. So I always consider myself as British because I've been there for a long time. And the reason are, why I fell into it was to say that, you know, there were six individuals. I was one of them who for us, we of the first generation in this country. And we said that if we die, we don't want our body to be repatriated to wherever we were first born or originated from. So we won't like to be buried in this country, but there was no facilities which were there, which were for Muslim perspective, to say that it adhered to a religious requirement. So we decided, all six of us, to say, let us create a cemetery, which will be able to uh, provide a facility for our community in accordance with our particular belief. And what then happened it transpired, so we started to run the cemetery, and when we bought it, we actually had no clue how many years it will run, but we just had a concept which was developed when was it you bought it by the way how how far in back is this November, going? in it we we bought the land in 1998 yeah it took us 4 years to get planning permission and funding okay um, one of the reasons for one of the reasons which i always like to highlight is that when we bought at the cemetery none of us realized that we decided to buy a cemetery which was backing on to the headquarters for the BNP. Oh Are you imagining Oh, oh <laughs> so my
2: goodness.
1: Goodness. Somebody there within that premises would have would have gone they've done that on purpose, you know, just <laughs> to be an idiot and just to make an argument out of it. Oh, so, so, oh wow. So
0: basically,
1: I don't need to I don't need to elaborate. No, no, on. yeah. <laughs> Were they okay? Was there? Was a been a relationship between you
0: guys? If you? Yeah, definitely. I gone? think initially, I think like everything else, it's just something which is I would have said I would say ignorance in the yeah. sense that they did not understand yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. They just thought as a Muslim, it will be praying five times a day. All sorts of things will be happening, and because we have a stream running through the cemetery. People And we bury not in a a coffin, we bury in a shroud. Mm. So people were just saying, oh, the bodies will be floating in the streams and all sorts of things to scare people. But obviously nothing happened of that nature. And today we are very proud to say that all the neighbors who are there uh, have been there with us since we've said every one of them. We enjoy a very good relationship with well, them. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think to a degree, especially you know, in, in a country as multicultural as UK, there is, yes. it's quite important that you know different communities actually do live in close proximity ah, or work correct. in close proximity because, to a degree, the fact that you are, although there's a there's a sense of irony about the fact that you end up buying <laughs> this plot of land which is next to the premises for the BnP That is not a sentence I was expecting to say on this. No, podcast. No, no.
3: Yeah. We're going to we're gonna have to put a disclaimer on the start of this. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: death has always been a taboo subject in most communities and cultures yeah. for us death is really not a taboo subject because we've always been told from a young age that every soul shall test death what is not certain is the time and the place of death mm. so for us we've always been encouraged at a young age to always look after and always think about your time in this world and this is why we always openly discuss the concept of death one of the things which I did not expect when we started running the cemetery, which is why I'm very pleased that you've invited me on your show, is that we in the community, in the Muslim community, have a higher than average stillbirth and neonatal death. This was what really got me very worried about it. In fact, all of mm-hmm. us at the Peace, and this is exactly why we got involved in baby loss. We had to hone in to say, how do we support mothers in particular who have lost a child? And remember, that taboo is not religious, but there is a cultural taboo within certain Asian, African and other communities that when a woman delivers either a stillbirth or a neonatal death or a child with disability, at times, traditionally, in every culture, the woman is always blamed for being in uh, not being able to deliver some so she was always the one who was the target of it and we wanted to make sure that we wanted to support all those women who had a loss to ensure that this is not their fault yeah after all the almighty has said that every social cell test he's the one in control it's got nothing to do with the individual mm-hmm. that they yes. lost a child it is God's will that is what was our or what is our belief And therefore, if anybody culturally points fingers at anybody in any religion, then they are not correct to blame that
2: individual. It's interesting, Mohammed, what you were saying about um, the cemetery, making it a place for people to go who who can kind of feel good about going there. When we lost Cali, we had six places that we were going to look around um, because we decided we were going to bury Cali. So we went to the first place and this area just opened up where the babies were buried and we didn't have to look anywhere else because there was like windmills and there was colour and there was, and as much as it was a place that we knew it was going to be painful for us to go to, it was actually quite a nice place because like I said, I, I've, I've always felt like the windmills are, are the babies playing together. That's how I've, you know. You know, you go to a lot of cemeteries
3: that are predominantly, like, like we say, white British people where, you know, there are baby graves that have windmills and they have teddies and things like that. Did we talk about how everybody within your cemetery has exactly the same type of burial? You know, if you're poor or if you're rich or if you're middle class or everything, everybody is treated in exactly the same way. So therefore, the burial ground is exactly the same.
0: For us, every grave is identical. There is no difference in any grave at all. And the reason for us is the equality which we have in front of uh, of our Lord. We just say that every person is the same. The only thing which distinguishes one from the other is their deeds. And that is what is depicted on the graves, right? One of the things which I would like to really resonate over here, having started the cemetery in 2002, and even at that time, the attitude of the government and all the establishment at that stage was the fact that there was really no support given to people who have lost a stillbirth. And for them, they did not recognize that parents would have feelings about a child, even though they were less than 24 weeks, which was their particular threshold to say anything less than 24 weeks. They should really be as classified as a miscarriage and over 24. But over the years, we have found that even if a parent has lost a child, of eight weeks or nine weeks or 10 weeks of gestation, for them, they have lost somebody. And if we are not able to support them, for them, for their whole world has crashed in. And you must always remember, there are some parents, unfortunate, who would have several miscarriages. And for them, every loss is special. Yeah. Every loss is difficult. And in our religion, we believe that any child under a gestation of 120 days and less, really has to be. You don't need to do anything in terms of right like, washing or thing. Anything over 120 days of gestation, we believe the soul enters the body. So for that, it becomes incumbent on us to wash the body, shroud it, okay. and make okay. sure that we bury it in a separate grave. Even anything under the age uh, under the age of gestation of 120 days. We still give them a separate grave, but we do not mark it. For us, any human being, any part of a human being's body is sacrosanct and therefore cannot be incinerated. So even if you have an eight-week gestation, even if it's just fluid, we would bury it in a separate grave and it's not unmarked, but it will have that dignity. And if you look at our graves, every grave has a hump because we have been told not to step on a human being's grave because they are the best of creation by the Almighty. So these are the respecting things which we have to do. And this is what we give to families so that they can know they have a separate grave. They can know they can come to the child's grave. For them, it's a comfort. We know that when you have a loss, you have to ask for patience. You have to ask for strength to cope. But this is one mechanism for them to get closure. For them to get some comfort, as I'm sure Ryan and yourself, Matt, would have gone through that as well. And for us, the point of giving them bereavement support is at the time of burial.
3: Mohammed, you've said um, some, some absolutely fantastic things, um, which. Certainly, you know, being an ex-teacher every day is a school day in my eyes and and there are things that you've spoken about this evening which I've certainly learnt of. One thing that we've started doing as a charity uh, probably in about the last six, six, nine months is because of the demographic as we... as. Uh, you alluded to in, you know, I suppose the discrimination of baby loss, if you like, in the regard that it doesn't discriminate against everybody, but there are abnormal numbers within ethnic groups within within the UK and across the world, is we started to provide memory boxes to the hospitals, which were specifically for Muslim parents. So we we actually worked with a lady who had received support through the charity um, to find the correct type of wording and the correct translation into Arabic to be able to put onto the box, but also putting in a shroud, a prayer book, prayer beads as well, because, you know, we're acutely aware that there are certain things that families like to do or, or are... Expected to do shall we say when, when they lose a baby or, or lose um, somebody within their family and it's interesting that you said about the women are quite often or were and, and hopefully times are changing were quite often blamed for you know what had actually happened whether that be a stillbirth whether that be a miscarriage or whether that be a neonatal death and I think What I'm really interested to understand and and learn more about is the difference between sort of males and females, so the mum and dad. And what are the tangible differences that you see in regard to how the mothers grieve in comparison to, to the fathers?
0: A very interesting question, Ryan. Have you got five hours? Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting because one of the concepts which you need to understand that as I'm sure both of all of all three of you know, that in our religion, people have to bury it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So one of the tangible differences will be that at times when you have a loss of a baby, the mother quite likely will still be in hospital. So that burial will still take place as quickly as possible, and that would mean that it is only the father who will be coming with the baby. And the mother may not come to the cemetery for a long time until she's discharged. So that element of
2: Closure oh, wow. might oh, be wow. difficult okay. for the woman, right? So, so the mom, so, so sorry, so the mother just isn't there. Literally, isn't there? The mother that? isn't
0: there, not all the time. All the time. Because, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry,
2: Mohammed. Would you say that is
0: that how how frequent
1: would you say that was? Just as, um,
0: it just, just it, as ball- it, it, I would say that you know it would be quite uh, quite common. I would say okay. because yeah, because if for example, if you have a stillbirth and you know, you've delivered the stillbirth today. Uh, and and we've got the paperwork. We will make sure that it is it is buried immediately right. because under the law we are not uh, there is no requirement for a post mortem for any stillbirth, or uh, so therefore the bodies can be released almost yeah. immediately yeah. after birth. So therefore there is no delay uh, expected. Now this is from a religious perspective, yeah. right? But I'll really be tell you, like every other religion, non religion faith. There are people who will not bury it because they want, both want to be present. So we do also face that element of it. How do men cope? Over the years, over the last 20 years since we've been handling this, I will say quite openly that men have now started to show their emotions. Yeah. In the initial stages, men would not show their emotions at all. They would keep it within themselves. I always give an example of one person. There was a six foot six person very big, huge. If I ever saw him, if I ever saw him in the street, I would cross the other side of it. I would not even uh, encounter with him. He came to bury his neonatal child. He came to bury his neonatal child. When he buried the neonatal child, this is the last person you were expected to break down, break down. He cried like a baby. He's six feet six. I'm only five feet seven, but I had to comfort him, yeah. right? I he, he cried like a baby because here is the first time you saw people expressing what yeah. was done in there because we would encourage them. Because remember, one way of trying to ensure that you're able to cope with grief is not only trying to make sure that you go towards your Lord matter, but at the same time, you, lay, you take out whatever is inside you. You let it out, so to speak, right? That's one way of trying to cope with that mechanism, and there are so many times I always encourage because I always like to have, if it's possible, both parents present with me when we are washing the baby,
1: yeah. because
0: yeah. I feel that whenever they see that, and I'm sure Ryan and Madhu agree with me, it's one way of trying to have a closure to say, no, this is the finality that you're, you have lost a
1: child, really,
0: you know, and this is something which we have always encouraged that if they are both around both of them should participate obviously we don't force anybody but that's what we was always encourage people to do it's, um... And this is how that is how we would cope with a different mechanism just to add further Ryan just to let you know that for a men's perspective he, he will go to the prayer he'll go to the mosque very frequently so he always has access to an imam so that imam will be able to give him some sort of comfort factor. A woman is less likely to go to or at least as regularly as a male would go. So therefore, they have that absence. And that is what uh, prompted us as an organization to create Muslim bereavement support service specifically aimed at women who have lost a child to be supported as befrienders by people from our community who volunteered, who would have been trained by SANS, who would have been trained by Child Bereavement UK, We've been trained by Cruz bereavement, but has an Islamic angle to it. And in terms of presence, Ryan, I'm really, really quite overwhelmed that you would have thought about giving a, uh, a gift which would be more pertinent to our community. I really applaud you, and, you have, and it's something which I really think you have done a fantastic job. We do the same. We give a gift-wrapped book, which is free of charge to every parent who's lost a child. In that, it gives them some sort of comfort for every parent to say that if you lose a child, what will the Lord give you in return for it? To Give them that level of trying to give them some comfort, at least at that stage. And we, it costs us quite a lot of money to do that, but we think it's an essential element that we should give this particular book to them. And I'm very happy to send one to you, Ryan, uh, if you want me. And to all three of you, you can have a look at it yourself. And this is what we're trying to do in that respect. I believe grief is not about religion. Grief is the same irrespective of whatever religion. Well, exactly. Was. It's just
1: so raw, isn't it? And it doesn't it's matter so, where, what you're so from, what you believe in. It, that's that's something which I guess, although unfortunately, it, it, it can unite everyone because it's such, a, it's such a raw emotion. And one thing that you said, and we've spoke about it as, on previous episodes, just the, the fact that the guys are opening up more. And I think Absolutely. a lot of that, you know, thanks to social media, more resources being available. So it's also good to see that from uh, different cultural perspectives that I, w- I wasn't privy to, to a bit before tonight, that that is also happening. Uh, along with that, the support that you're now being able to offer for the grieving moms, especially as as how you yes. mentioned with uh, with the mosque and right. maybe not being able to have as frequent a support as the the fellows will be able to get by going in and and seeing the imams.
0: Do we not need to do something to try and ensure that any individual who had a loss, how do we support them? Let us not be judgmental. Let us not go into the fact that how they lost the child, what were the circumstances. Let us concentrate on that moment in time that they're going through that particular grief. How do we support that individual? This is what my belief is, right? And uh, I'm not talking from, I'm talking my personal belief is this is what is fundamental. That don't look at somebody's color. Look at what they're going through. Don't look at people's circumstances. Just try and be with them at that time. And that is priceless in my view. (laughs)
3: people forget the humanistic side of things. And, and like you say, you know, people do look at people and judge them based on color or belief or whatever that may be. But actually, ultimately we all bleed. We're yes. all made exactly the same and we all have emotions. We all have a heart. We all have a soul. And it's, and it is, it's, it, you're absolutely right in, in the regard of that. Um, everybody should look at people as they would want people to look at themselves, I I feel, and and, you know, really do treat
2: people in the way that they would like to be treated themselves. I I grew up in um Hands of Wood in Birmingham. So I was actually both schools, I was the ethnic minority in, in both of my schools. And I had my first experience of a racist event when I was seven or eight. Bear in mind, I was Ooh. in the choir, would you believe it? so you know I was in the choir oh we... you know you're singing the snowman next Christmas party <laughs> <laughs> and we <laughs> we're walking in. There I, you go, I can't wait and uh, we I'll went s- I'll smack him in the balls <laughs> 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 and we went we went on a on a choir trip to um, Ely Cathedral and we were the only school there with um, people from a non-white background and my friends got racially abused by other children yeah. it's just ignorance isn't it even seven or eight Yeah, and I I got home and I just burst into tears in front of my dad and my dad was like, like, you've got to understand that hopefully people will learn as they get older, but at the moment, you're coming from a position of strength anyway because we've just brought you up to see the person and to see the individual and 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 well, the fact it, you felt you that know. rather than joining in from the oh, inside but no you know but I mean. was trying to protect my, no, my classmates exactly yeah, yeah like I mean, yeah yeah because I mean I was but it was and like, you I, risk being the odd one out with your no, you know, yeah dentist, but I, I I couldn't understand it yeah. I just literally couldn't understand it I was like what what are they even saying what are they doing oh, yeah. like, it's I, dumb isn't it mean? yeah just
0: yeah, yeah. if I may just add one thing is that over the years you ask me but what has changed over the years I would say specifically perhaps in the last 5 years there are a lot of inter- uh, interfaith marriages, okay? And that also presents its own challenges. But what is common in every one of them is the grief factor, mm-hmm. right? All I believe that every one of us grieve, what is not, it is people, people's mechanism of how to cope with the grief. One could be religious, one could be something else, trying to speak to someone, one could be counselling, One could be that. Mm. Remember, counseling was never there in the old times. In my parents' time, there was no counseling, right? All you did, if you had a family, if you had a loss in your family, the community was closely knit. Right. As you know, I always remember Crocodile Dundee We always to say that if you have a problem, you tell what you tell Al and Al will tell everybody and you resolve the problem. It's similar to that. I mean, uh, jokes aside, that's what how people used to cope with the grief. They used to talk to their neighbors. They used to talk to the family members. That was their coping mechanism at that time. But we have now moved away so in, 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 in the UK, in the West, so many places, even in, in other places now. People are so busy with their own lives. They don't even know who their neighbors are. So how will you have a mechanism? And that is why how counseling has started. And also people's faith elements. People used to always say go to the mosque, but people, some of them are not religious. Some of them don't want to go there. So how do you create a mechanism to cope with that individual's grief? I was
1: going to bring that up actually because it, it, that's one of the things that we wanted to get you on because of those differences and yes. you know the amount of religion within those separate communities uh, I mean my, my wife's Greek Orthodox she comes from a very very religious family I'm Not you know whether you, you, you are religious agnostic or, or atheist and just the different ways that you can come together as the family r- regardless if if someone believes something that somebody else doesn't grief is grief joined by the same yeah absolutely yeah.
0: By awesome. the friend, yeah. Yeah. I mean in answer to your question, it's very simple, right? Yes, a lot of people will turn towards faith, definitely, right? But a lot of people will want emotional support. A lot of people may have, may, may well, clinical depression might occur. So we will need to make sure that they are also supported. So we have to evaluate, right? Things have changed. People might go into a depression. So we need to be in a position whereby we can actually immediately or try and ensure that we are able to maintain and able to dictate and able to and understand what it is there. I will give you one example to say that we, our, our and support service is run by a GP, by a doctor. She has got the capacity to distinguish between who needs befriending and who needs clinical support. So this is important because we need to ensure. And you know, taboo, the, the taboo which used to be before, that don't go and seek support from someone outside. That taboo we've managed to break down. You are now free to go and speak to somebody, right? Before we, I I used to tell you very simply. If I used to, and I used to run it, and if a if a woman used to, uh, if I used to say, okay, I believe you had a recently um, uh, a a loss of a child, or you have a still a stillbirth, or you had a pregnancy loss, and if it's the male who was answering, he would simply say, uh, yes, um, I'm sorry, we don't need anything. My wife is quite well, and they put the phone down. The moment we started to say, okay, we have a doctor, she's a lady doctor, she would call and say, I believe your wife had had a pregnancy loss, and I'm Dr. So-and-so, immediately the person would say, yes, my wife would like to have some support. So, you know, we've had to change yeah. in and adapt in order to ensure that where need and where, where support is required, we are there in the community, yeah. we are supporting them. And yeah, my yeah. purpose for coming here and trying to educate everybody is to say, one, see what the commonalities is. Secondly, why reinvent the wheel when the wheel has already been invented in terms of the general part? That is why we went to go to the Sands and Charlie you know, uh, because they've already got the secular. All we had to do was yeah, yeah. implement. And that, is, and that is my belief, is that we should all work together. We have a bit of differences. There is no doubt about it. But that is not, the overriding factor is our, our, all, our all common aim is very simple. How do we support bereaved families and bereaved parents? That's all our goal. Everybody Absolutely. is the same. Absolutely. How we Absolutely. do it and how we not do it. And one of the things what, what the government have always said, if you do not support somebody who at that time has got everything, the whole world has gone on there, you will end up paying more for that people, that person because of either medical or clinical. Why do you not fund all these organizations who are providing this support? Why have they been left to to actually try and survive by people's goodwill? Why? This is an important element. You know, whoever, whichever charity has been run, they have got, they've served a purpose. If they were not serving a purpose, do you think all these organizations would have survived? There is a need. That is what is
1: established. Well, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. And, and like you said, before, even with those differences, hurt is hurt. You don't need to re, you know, reinvent the wheel. You just evolve with it, don't you? And just keep moving, which, which, is, which is what you've done. And I mean, I knew I was going to learn a lot tonight. I think uh, I'll speak on behalf of, of Ryan and Matt also. I mean, it makes me realize sometimes about, I don't consider myself massively ignorant. I do enjoy trying to learn new things. My only problem yeah. is, I forget it quite quickly afterwards. But I mean, just something that you mentioned earlier, I'd never even considered the fact that having different cemeteries for the different... I mean, it makes sense, but I, have, I walk through one every single day on the way to pick up my, my daughters from school. And it suddenly dawned on me while you were talking, I'm like, I've only ever seen names that are like mine.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. I'm like, oh, hang on, I've never thought of that before. Yeah,
0: and that's why I'd, I'd love to take you up on your offer. I really have enjoyed it. I know I have to go, but my (laughs) request to you is that I would like to do a longer program. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love for you to join us. Come and join us. Whole stages. It can be one hour, it can be two hours. I don't mind. I, I'm sorry if I've talked so no, I much. <laughs> I was going
1: to say, don't worry about thinking you talk too much because no, I think for many, the, it's kind amazing. of the, the you know the perfect idea of a guest. So amazing, you know, yeah. it's, I've, I've learned a lot. I think you've been, uh, you are very engaging to yeah. to listen to. I've I've listened to lots of. I'm going to say it. Or in motherfuckers over the years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that I come from a completely different place and I've also not lost a child but I've just I, I feel like so en- you know just engaged by what you've been saying and the just the pa- passages of thoughts in my own head whilst you've been whilst you've been speaking and going hang on a sec oh this is and I think it's the same with, with Matt and Ryan and we absolutely 100% yeah. would love to get you into the studio and, and I, will, we'll I would I would say my
0: pleasure it's only today because of my granddaughter otherwise I would have carried on yeah. no, please I, I, I would very much and please let me know whenever you want to come. I'll be more than happy to show you around and you will get a better perspective, specifically mm. Matt and specifically Ryan, how we do with baby loss. Yeah. Because that is your particular main foundation. And we will yeah. then try and see how best we can. Uh, obviously not forgetting, if all three of you are welcome. And I will make sure that, you know, it will be worth your while to come there. That's and true. then I will, I will follow it up. It's coming to you in the studios and we can then have a chance. Sounds, Thanks, that sounds
1: brilliant. Just I'll put all this in the description and uh, the write up as well on the podcast provider. Yeah. But before we go, if you just want to uh quickly for anyone who's been listening, watching tonight and they immediately just want to reach out to you, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you? You can just get
0: in touch with me at uh, Gardens of Peace. It's www.gardens-of-peace.org.uk. Okay. Just or just call me Mohammed Omar. Just ask for me. They will be able to get uh, hold
1: of me. All right, we'll profit. put the details in the description to this. So if uh, yeah, if you're struggling, you can you can get in touch right now. Mohammed, thank you very yeah. much. Muhammad, thank you, you so
2: much. Wonderful, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks All
1: very right. much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care, buddy.
3: Wow, I Um, mean, mean, I I knew from speaking to him, like like we said at the APPG and stuff. APPG,
1: what is is the abbreviation for all
3: party parliamentary group? Um, So it's the APPG for baby loss. I've spoken, like I say, I've spoken to him quite a few times and also actually had the pleasure of presenting there about sibling loss with baby loss and it, it's basically attended by lots of charities medical professionals mps from across the parties and what have you and actually jeremy hunt was one of the
1: chairs until he became a minister. Sorry, you just reminded me here. This is only our second episode in the studio. We've been on our third prime minister since. Yeah, we have actually, haven't we? Yeah, more prime ministers than episodes
2: we've done in the studio. <laughs> Very true. Side but um, anyway, sorry,
1: yeah. the thing which stood out for me, and
3: I, I, certainly when I spoke to him before, was how every <coughs> single person is treated exactly the same. And, you know, like we were saying there, you go to the cemetery. Yeah. And, you know, like, we, yeah, you put toys that, yeah. down for the, for the babies and what have you. And you still see it when you go to the
1: adult's. Every single grave is exactly the it's, same. I forgot to yeah. mention this to man because I used to I lived I spent four and a four four and a half years in the Middle East in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And I rarely saw mm. in my whole time there a cemetery. Just, and obviously that, you know, you don't go looking for them, but no, it's not yeah. like when you're driving through England and yeah, you, you exactly. see it on yeah. the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, you're and right. And I guess maybe because of the variety, you know, how everything is just done differently. Yeah, probably. it suddenly just dawned on me again. I was like, yeah, it's yeah. just no, absolutely. I, I, I'd definitely like yeah. to go and, go and meet them and, and
3: go and have a look around as well because I just think it's so important to be able to understand, I mean, you know, we're, we're in a position by where we meet lots of people on a daily basis, whether they be white British, whether they be yeah. Muslims, Hindus, you know, whatever, you know, sort of ethnic group they're from because we do live in such a diverse population. I almost feel at times that I've, I feel quite bad that I don't know yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's
1: ignorance through wanting to be ignorant and yeah. there's ignorance just through, through not being made aware yeah. of it or and and it's just something that you had not sorted out and, and just it. and
3: just it's just being uneducated isn't it and yeah. not and not yeah. knowing how other ethnic
2: groups grieve and yeah. but it fits in it fits into the whole dynamic of this where there's ignorance around baby loss anyway isn't there yeah absolutely you know that the whole topic mm. there is still ignorance
3: I found it I, I mean I've got to be honest I, th- I found the bit where he he talked about how men and women grieve differently and when he said you know how long have you got it makes perfect sense yeah. though where he was saying you know that they have to bury a body within a certain period of time Yeah. And if a woman has, let's say, had a, a section, yeah. can't for instance, go to,
1: yeah. I, you know, then again, they are going to be in hospital and, and it is. That's left what maybe me ask the, the question how often does that happen? Because yeah. again, it's not something you, you think of. And that, on top of the the fact that the, the female's maybe not getting as much support by uh, going into the mosque and speaking to the imam mm-hmm. in there. One of the questions I really wanted to ask him as well, uh, and which we can address at a later
3: date, is, you know, does that then lead itself to potential complicated grief for the woman? Because. Oh. You could argue it's delayed onset of grief because they don't go to the mosque to pray and to see the Mm. imam regularly because um, of, you know, for whatever reason that may be. And I often wonder whether that actually Mm. then potentially
1: does lead to a complicated grief, specifically for females. It makes sense, doesn't it? And... (sighs) I mean, it's it's not a nice thing to think about, but just to give that comparison, imagine how you guys going through what you were already going through after the loss of Lily May and after the loss of Callie, if that Crystal and Amy weren't be, weren't able to be, you
2: know, at the funeral. I can tell you, that would have done, I think it would have finished Crystal. Genuinely like it. it, it that's, and that's what I mean when he told me that. That yeah. just, because straight away I'm thinking, Crystal, how does she react to that? And mm. it's like, she, yeah, I well, I mean... When I say that, you know, for the first, I don't know how many weeks, she went up every day to the cemetery, literally, and sat on her own just with Callie. Like, I had to go back to work. She was, at times, even when I went to back to work, she was up there yeah. every day, you know? So I just think, wow, like, how how do you... Well, how, I don't Like, I put know, myself how, into a position there thinking, how would I?
3: Well, yeah. If that was me, how would I react to that and... Because you're also there on your own, yeah. Because you, you know you feel. I think as a man, anyway, when you when you're in that situation, we often talk about how the man feels like the pro- the protector and the ones that have to try and fix something, and the way they struggle because of the, the lack of control over things. That's almost you, you're being put into a situation by yourself where where we expect to support each other within that partnership, but no. You're doing it by yourself,
2: yeah.
3: and potentially as well. If you've got other children, you're doing it by yourself with your other children. Yeah, and it's like—I mean, it's—it it's blew my mind. mind. I mean, blew my Yeah, it's been yeah. an eye
2: opener. It massive eye. He was that. unbelievable. I'll be honest with you. I just—I I just sat there watching and listening. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
1: an amazing, an amazing guest. And like we said at the start of the episode, we're wary of just trying to open this up to whoever. Wherever you're from, whatever gender you are, whatever religion you are, whether you are religious or not religious, Unfortunately, you're listening to this because you're going through grief, you've lost a child, or you're listening through this because you want to find a way to support a family member or a friend who is going through grief and lost a child. So it's important to have these discussions and also take it in and, and look at the perspectives from those from those different faiths too. So if you would like to get in touch with us, if there's something that you felt that we've missed or you'd like to offer your own opinion on, we would love for you to join us. As I always say, you can do it. In the studio with us, you can join us via link up. You can come on for us the whole show. You can just come on for five minutes, however long you need. I was also thinking, you know, I've heard it on football phone-ins, you know, the WhatsApp numbers. Now they're giving out the WhatsApp numbers so people can just leave a voice note, like you, yeah. know, you know, we could get mm. one of those going. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Please do get in touch with us. Our Instagram is Still Parents Podcast, our Twitter is Still Parents Pod. Pod. And you can also find us. <laughs> I'm not
2: gonna say it as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on, on Facebook, please do reach out. We would love to hear from you. Do you know, I think a real nice way of, of
3: ending this podcast today is he said something which sort of resonated with me. I mean, I do this anyway, but I don't think there's a lot of people in the world that actually do this. And that is, don't look at people and their colour of their skin no. or the, you know their belief or anything like that. Look at people as a human being and the emotion that they are actually going
1: through. Oh. I mean, that should just be the way it, 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 should it, it be, shows but the stupidity of a lot of yeah. because it's the fear of something different. Oh, you're different to me. This is not what I'm used Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I always try
3: and treat people as I like to be treating myself. Yeah. But sadly, there are people that don't do that. Yeah. And it is, It's you know, it's ignorance and lack of education, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm not going to go around bashing people left, right and centre. It's an I educational
1: think... thing coming from their own parents
3: too, Absolutely. isn't it? It's passed on. Of course it is. But I think he—he's an inspirational yeah, bloke. very great. inspirational. What's bloke. the
1: line? So I think there's a, there's, a, there's a meme knocking around, and it's two people in a supermarket, and they've got the babies in the not the rucksack. What do they call them? The hammock. The hammock. Um, they oh, the, the yeah, harness. Harness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not rucksack. Don't complain. <laughs> and they've got the parent. The parents got the backs to each other, looking at opposite sides of the the shopping aisle. And yeah. There's a black baby and there's a white baby on this particular picture, and the caption is, you know, no one's born with hatred in their heart. No, that is learned. There's an amazing video. I don't know if you like
2: if you've ever seen it. Um, I know the one you mean. The, the kids the on the two street. The kids yeah, yeah, yeah. on the street when they run towards each other. Yeah. White boy, black boy, of what two years old, and they literally run and just hug each other. Yeah. It's not taught.
1: No, know but well, it's just how it should be, isn't it?
3: Yeah. You know. I'm I'm really looking forward actually to going yeah, down and meeting him in per. Uh, well, say meeting him, seeing him in person yeah. again, and, and actually going to the the gardens of peace and. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Having my eyes opened a little bit. Yep. wider than they already are today. Another trip
2: down to London. Do we get a car to pick us up there as well? We could, <laughs> we could put a request into ITV, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> if you're
1: new to the show, by the way, Matt's referring to our recent appearance... <laughs> About a month, just over a month ago. Now, a couple on, of months. longer than that. Couple longer than long that. August, yeah. On the Lorraine Kelly show, where uh, it was Christine Bleakley. Was, so, if you're not from the UK, she's a television presenter over here, and yeah, it's a national TV show. It's been going for pretty much all of our lives, and we, we had some great exposure from that, and we've had some interesting messages, and we've been in touch with a lot of people off the back of it. So, if you haven't seen that yet, the link to that is also in, in the description. But yeah, you're gonna put a request in for a car. Eh? So, <laughs> what Muhammad can do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask you don't get that'd be fantastic. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll be back soon with our net. Hang on, hang on. I'll be organised here because Ryan's come up with a document. Not yeah. me, Matt. has sorry, I meant. Although I Matt. did
3: ask Matt to do the document.
1: So episode thirty-eight will be with Joshua Hugson. Hugson is he Hugson or Hugson? Our next
2: American guest.
1: Okay, joining us from whereabouts in America? Yeah. Oh, Matt's been in touch. He's from America. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bloody big country. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Like I say, uh, please, um, we'd love it if you understand you're busy. So don't worry, you don't have to. But if you can, drop us a quick review, even if it's just one line. It just helps us to be discovered by more people. Makes us easier to find. And that will really massively be appreciated. And we will be back for episode 38 in a couple of weeks from now. Take care, everybody. And we will speak to you on the next episode of the Still Parents podcast very soon.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you soon.